the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Sit with us now, O Lord, and speak to us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our refuge. Amen. Over 30 years ago, a man named Jack Brown wrote a book for his son who was leaving for his freshman year in college. The book was titled, Life's Little Instruction Book, 511 Suggestions, Observations, and Reminders on How to Live a Happy and Rewarding Life. It is an easy yet thoughtful read for people of all ages because the book contains brief, quotable reminders of things one can do to make life more rewarding. I think that the book of Deuteronomy might have served a similar purpose for the people of Israel for anyone looking for Bible study material, this would be an interesting book to study. Deuteronomy contains a series of sermons given by Moses to the Israelites. In his sermons, Moses gave the people instructions and encouragement about how to be in relationship with God and how to interact with one another. He reminded them of God's law and the importance of keeping God's law. Moses was hoping to inspire them to remain loyal to God as promised in the covenant that God had made with them, 
but he also warned them of consequences if they disobeyed God. The context of today's Old Testament reading occurred as Moses' time of leading the Israelites was coming to an end. He was stepping down after 40 years of service. God had called Moses to lead the people of Israel out of slavery to a better place and to be the one who would speak for God. God guided Moses through this long, often seemingly impossible journey, and now God had told him it was time for him to go. Our lesson began as Moses assured the Israelites that God would raise up a prophet like him so that they would have someone to speak God's word to them. We do not often talk about prophets, but I invite you to stay with me for a few moments, actually minutes, um, as I give you the cliff notes of Prophets 101. Unlike kings and priests and judges, prophets were not governed by political or religious entities. They were people like you and like me, called by God and spiritually connected to God. It was said that they were direct agents of God. God communicated to the prophet what the people needed to hear, and the prophet communicated to the people what God had told them to say. We often associate prophets as ones who predicted the future, and they often did. However, the primary task of prophets was to faithfully speak God's word to the people. Prophets carried the responsibility of challenging circumstances that were unjust. At times, the words they spoke challenged people's long-standing beliefs. They offered, often rendered judgment. People did not always want to hear what the prophets had to say. Prophets had the responsibility to call out people when they failed to do as they had been instructed. And when things were not going well, the prophets warned them of impending doom if they did not change their ways. They urged the people to repent and to return to the teachings of Moses. And then in those times when God seemed absent, God was found when the prophets offered God's words of hope and promise. But there were also people who claimed to be prophets, but they weren't. These false prophets spoke in the name of other gods. 
Often they prophesied things that did not come true or spoke words that the one true God had not commanded them to speak. In an earlier chapter in Deuteronomy, it is written that false prophets would be put to death. And that holds such significance. Our text covers the fate of false prophets once again. Even though Moses was the spokesperson, it is God who is the focus of our Old Testament passage in Deuteronomy. God would be the one to call a new prophet who would be like Moses. Being like Moses was not that the newly called prophet would duplicate Moses' work, but that the similarity would be related to the authority one would exhibit when teaching and preaching like Moses did. Being like Moses meant that the new prophet's words would align with the Mosaic law. The new prophet would act in ways that showed their love for God and for God's people, and the new prophet would also be their advocate and speak on their behalf before God. That new prophet would be an obedient servant of God who assured the Israelites that they would, the person called would come from their own people and that God would put God's words in the prophet's mouth. Now, if we put all of those job responsibilities, if you will, together, we can begin to see that God was promising to always be present with them. For the Israelites, God was promising to provide prophets that would continue to proclaim God's word to them. And we know that the ultimate fulfillment of this promise that God was making came through Jesus Christ, the one who taught with authority and cast out demons that we heard about in our gospel text this morning. Even though a prophet's authority was rooted in their true ability to convey God's divine words, it was difficult for the people of Israel to hear and to recognize the word of the Lord because of the world they were living in. Within the Israelite society, there were a variety of religious practices and forms of worship and theological voices clamoring to be heard. The Israelites were having to be reminded often to remain loyal to God and to obey God's laws. In some ways, not much has changed when it comes to people attempting to discern the voice and will of God like the Israelites, but maybe for different reasons, we too struggle. 
Discerning the voice of God requires listening, and listening requires time. Something that for many is a precious commodity and is in short supply. Among the avalanche of stories we hear day in and day out about the misuse of power and profit, of violence that is occurring in our world, of moral and ethical failures, of land and water devastation, there is a barrage of voices in the world who think they have the solution to the world's challenges. There are a lot of people, including Christians, and yes, even pastors, that claim to speak or act on God's behalf. But how can we know whether they are telling the truth of God? Here are a few starting points. Do the messages we hear from them align or contradict God's purpose for the world? Do their messages identify and address human pain and human suffering, or do they perpetuate it? How does or does how they live and conduct themselves match what they say or what they fail to say. Listen again to a portion of the role of true prophets of God. True prophets were often called mouthpieces, and as I said before, they were direct agents called by God their primary task was to listen and to faithfully speak God's word to the people. True prophets spoke about injustice and exploitation and carried the responsibility of challenging circumstances that were unjust. At times, the words they spoke challenged people's long-standing beliefs. True prophets spoke truth to power, not through violence or condemnation, but through the authority that was given them by God. True prophets spoke God's words of hope and promise and pointed people toward a better world. I would guess that none of us would call ourselves a prophet. However, we are called to be prophetic. What does it mean that we are called to be prophetic? I hope you're asking yourselves. 
what that looks like in our everyday lives is that we consistently speak God's words not only with our mouths, but with our actions. We are to bear God's creative and redeeming love to all the world. The limitless love of God and the message Jesus was called to proclaim is also the message that is given to us to share with others. We are to speak and act in ways that bring healing, peace, and hope. This morning in the 927 service, there is a video that precedes the sermon. Part of the words of that video were so poignant. I wanted to share those with you. We have a voice to encourage the common good. We have a voice to promote justice and spread the word of serving others. The truth that sets us free, the truth that sets us apart from the world will guide our words and carry our voice. All we have to do is use it. Ismael Ruiz Milan, a United Methodist pastor and now district superintendent in the United Methodist Church Conference and former faculty at Duke Divinity School, eloquently defines what it means to engage in everyday prophetic work. Guided by God, with a spirit of humility, our words and our actions will reflect compassion and care for others, especially the neglected, the marginalized, and the forgotten, and seek the deliverance of people that will allow them to speak for themselves. I wish that we had time to unpack that quote this morning, but I will save that opportunity for another time. But here's what I want to say. For you who are weary, for you who are skeptical, for you who are fearful, God not only invites us, but promises to guide us as we participate in a vision for a world greater than the one we find ourselves in today. Through our baptism, each and every day, we are raised to new life that provides us with the opportunity to help transform the world in which we live, where God will bring peace, the fullness of peace and justice and freedom and empowerment. 
for that we say thanks be to God. Amen.